This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network. Look right down any crowded hall. You'll see there's a beauty standing. Is she really everywhere or a reflection? One always calls out to you. The other's shy and quiet. Could there be two different girls who Welcome to Pi Beta Alpha, the podcast in which we explore the strange and terrifying world of the T- Sweet Valley High TV series, episode by episode. I'm Anna Carey. I'm Karen Moynihan. And this week, we have the inexplicably titled <laughs> Lofty Ambitions. I was just looking at this title before we started recording and I was like, I don't get it. <laughs> like, now that I've watched the episode, I still don't get it. <laughs> like, there's a party in it that they say is in a warehouse, but could yeah. possibly be in a loft. Well, maybe. It looks like a very small warehouse. Oh my God, teeny tiny. <laughs> like a it's a warehouse for ants. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's see if the blurb, uh, if there's any, imp- I don't know, allusions <laughs> in the blurb that looks reveal the, the secret title. <laughs> I haven't looked at the Wikipedia one since, um, since I've seen the episode, so mm. here we go. Let's do it. Em- employees of one of the Moon Beach's competitors play practical jokes on Winston. That's true. Mm-hmm. Jessica continues to see AJ, a musician. <laughs> I mean, he is a musician and she does continue to see him. So It's true. Accurate. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> what do we have with Amazon? As usual, they're just giving us like one of the plots and leaving the other one a mystery. So that was fun to, to go into. Uh, so with this one, it was a prank war ensues between the Moon Beach and a rival restaurant. Uh, also true. Actually, more accurate, really, than the other one, because the the Wikipedia one implies that the practical jokes are sort of, it's a one-way street, mm. whereas we know it is a prank war. True. Yes. It's, I mean, yeah, that is more more in, in the spirit of what's happening. Yeah. Yes. Well, we begin this episode in the Casadel Wakefield, where Liz is wearing a, sleeved, a sleeveless checked top, and Edith is wearing one of the weirdest outfits <laughs> I've ever seen her wear. I'm usually on board with whatever Enid's wearing, but I, I had to question this. <laughs> like, what is happening? <laughs> is she wearing a sort of bandeau top, or, or is it just a piece of fabric wrapped around a t-shirt? Yeah, it's it is like a it's like something Jessica would wear. Like the tiny top is like something Jessica yeah. would wear, but Enid wears it underneath. Like it's like a long sleeve t-shirt or something, is it that she has on? Yes, or is it a regular t-shirt? But like it's it's. Layers, lots of layers going on with yes. Enid, but but in a more inexplicable way than the nineties would usually be doing layers. Yeah, so she has a sort of headscarf on that mm. matches it. Oh, it's coordinated. We'll give her that. <laughs> Strange, but coordinated. Yeah. Well, they've just finished watching Thelma and Louise, uh, as many a teen uh, girl did, at a, you know, with pals as a uh, in the in the nineties. That's how I first saw it myself. But uh, Eden's inspired. She really is. She's so impressed. 
and says, God, you know, uh, Delman and Louise really knew how to live. Uh, and Liz is like, yeah, till they drove off the cliff. Uh, <laughs> and Liz picks up uh, Yahtzee because apparently this is normally what they do. They watch a movie, they play some Yahtzee. That actually sounds pretty good. <laughs> and actually, don't isn't Enid canonically really into Yahtzee? Was she it- loves board games. She brought like travel Scrabble or travel Yahtzee or something with her when her and Cheryl and Liz were going camping. Like she's mad for a bit of board game action. I think it could have been Travel Yahtzee and uh, Cheryl <laughs> threw it out the, out of the car. Very rudely. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, again, I'm glad that they've dialed back on Cheryl sort of being mean to <laughs> Same. <laughs> Giving them a little bit of a bond. Mm. Uh, sadly, Cheryl has did this episode. I would have liked to see her deadpan responses to oh all of this. But, Me too. Uh, it's like lately we can never quite get the whole gang in the one episode. There's always someone missing. Yeah. I mean, Todd's not in this. Thank fuck. Do you know what? And I didn't even miss him. I yeah. didn't even occur to me that Todd hadn't turned up. I was like, oh, we're Cheryl. Yeah, same. <laughs> I literally just noticed now that Todd, as I said it, that when you said about the gang not all being together, yeah. that Todd had been there. Well, you know. Oh, yeah, that guy. <laughs> Don't hurry back, Todd. That's all we're in. No rush. <laughs> <laughs> well, Enid, we know, is usually well up for Yahtzee, but uh, now she <laughs> thinks that uh, life is passing them by. I mean, that's realistically a teenage thing for normal teenagers, but like, in fairness, I would have thought a Sweet Valley teen would have more than enough to be going on with. You know, they're I mean, not like us normal teenagers that were like, oh, everything's so boring. Why, why, why isn't my life more exciting? Like their lives are exciting. They're pretty exciting. There was already a kidnapping. We had a weird <laughs> daytime rave in another one. Like there's been lots going on in that town. <laughs> well, uh, this this time Enid thinks that they need adventure and that this, I presume she means watching Helmet Louise is like a sign from the universe to make them little, live a little. Yeah, she wants to shake things up, go do things they've never done before. Uh, and I think at this point, Liz asks her to pass over the dip because Liz is kind of not super invested in, in Enid's babbling at this point. <laughs> so she's like, yeah, yeah, pass me the dip. And Enid's like, okay, do you want the mild one or the spicy one? And Liz is like, the mild one. And Enid like, gives her a look and she's like, spicy one. <laughs> and so it's like, even their dip choices are now being ruled by uh, some kind of living on the edge mantra. <laughs> <laughs> well, Enid says they have to take more risks, live on the edge, break a few wounds. And then she takes the video out of the uh, VCR and is like, oh no, I forgot to rewind. So she's she's not quite a rule breaker yet. No, she's working on it. She's <laughs> a rule breaker to a point. <laughs> Baby steps. Yeah. Well, the credits roll, and then we cut the moon beach where Winston asks Shred to hold the fort while he goes to the stock room. And uh, Shred, who is incredibly delightful all throughout this episode, um, horrible. Oh my god. <laughs> he says, I'm all over it, Winsong. But uh, as soon as Winston leaves, two new covers arrive and they're uh, quite distinctively dressed. Oh my god. So, yeah, these guys, two guys turn up in like bright blue boiler suits and they're wearing like hard hats, but they're kind of the helmets and the shoulders of their suits are decorated with what <laughs> appear to be like a child's toy telephone. <laughs> Like the the red handset part of like a Tomy telephone or something. So it's like one sitting on top of the head. I think there's one of them has one on his shoulder. It's like it's a very strange uniform. <laughs> well, 
that should uh, ring a few alarm bells, but um, that they're they're distinctively unprofessional looking outfits <laughs> because they tell Shred uh, that they're here to fix the payphone, and Shred is like, "It's over there," and just keeps spinning around on a chair. So. Um, <laughs> While he's spinning around, a customer comes in and asks for a burger. And Shred's like, good with dude, the grill's at the back. <laughs> yeah, Shred's just too busy living it up, spinning around on his spinny stool, having a great yeah. time. <laughs> and the customer is like, oh, cool, okay. Yeah. He's just... pretty happy about this development. He's like, all right, good for you, dude. <laughs> but then the little phone guys return and they've got some news for Shred. Yeah, apparently things are worse than they thought with the payphone, so they have to actually uh, take it away. So they're both carrying it out the door. So Winston's like, or not Winston, uh, Shred is like, oh, okay, and like holds the door for them. Yeah. And as they're leaving, they say, oh, yeah, tell Winston that Mesquite Pete says hi. Hmm. Well, no sooner have they gone than Winston emerges from the from the back and uh, like, uh, where's the phone gone? Because it's <laughs> off the wall. And Shred says, oh, the phone booze took it away. <laughs> Yeah. Um, and then, of course, when Shred mentions the Mesquite Pete uh, name drop, uh, it all falls into place then for uh, for Winston. And he's like, oh, God damn it, this guy. Apparently, ever since Mesquite Pete opened, uh, they've been pranking Winston in the Moon Beach. <gasps> Last week, they locked a herd of sheep into his stockroom. And I would love to know where they came by a herd of sheep in the first place, let alone... I- Got them into a stock room. <laughs> Without Winston noticing. I mean, so many questions. But <laughs> that poor child is trying to run that restaurant and go to school. He has so much on his plate. <laughs> well, one of Shred's many adorable moments uh, comes when uh, when Winston tells him that, you know, this is part of the Mesquite Peach team's prank war. Um, Shred says, you mean we've been bamboozled? <laughs> Well, military music plays as Winston says, battle stations, Shred, this means war. And Shred salutes him. (laughs) He does, calls him captain and everything. It's fucking great. (laughs) Well, we cut to the Castle Del Wakefield and Jessica in her very distinctive Queen of Hearts halter top. It literally has like a Mm. playing card, (laughs) Queen of Hearts on it. Yeah, she's worn this before. in another episode and I, I enjoyed it then and I also enjoyed seeing it again. I like that they recycle the wardrobes because that's what teens do. They wear the same clothes. That's what I do. We all wear the same fucking clothes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, wait a minute, that's not just teens. I had the same top from pennies for the last 10 years. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, she's wearing that and matching sort of uh, cotton jersey flares um, it is a very 90s outfit mm. and uh, she's battled by Lila who's standing there holding an egg <laughs> yes Lila oh, Lila is just on fire these last few episodes yeah. but yes she's standing standing in the kitchen she has like her hand out in front of her uh, and is holding an egg mm. in her hand uh, very regal she's got a great <laughs> position going on there and Jessica asks her what the fuck she's doing uh, but apparently it's performance art uh, it's a piece that she's working on for her independent study class yes she calls us to Jessica being humiliated at the moon beach by AJ <laughs> she delivers the title very dramatically so good and uh, Jessica's like oh AJ's history but Lila points out history repeats itself mm. and Jessica says she's never going to think of AJ again and uh, then she gets a little reminder of him 
Well, inescapably, the uh, the loud music from next door kicks in again. So Lila is covering her ears and she's like, well, good luck with that, <laughs> because this is uh, not going to work out for, for Jess too well if she's decided to put him out of her mind. <laughs> but when she opens the door to head over to the garage to complain, she finds something on the doorstep, a little box wrapped in silver paper. Yeah, and when she opens it, it's earplugs. Uh, and there's a note written on the box on the inside lid. And it says, these are for the next time I say something stupid. Hey, Jay. That is pretty charming. That totally would have worked on me. Yeah. I was like, oh, that's really nice. <laughs> it's self-deprecating. It's funny. It's yeah. actually a useful gift in this case. <laughs> yeah. And Jessica is, as we are, quite taken with it and says it's really sweet. But Lila is like unimpressed. She's like, no, earrings are sweet. Earplugs are weird. Well, Jessica doesn't agree and she decides she has to thank him in person. So um, she knocks on the garage door and AJ answers or, and Jessica says, oh, you know, they fit perfectly. And um, But AJ's vibe is kind of weird and very different from his, um, char- his sort of cheerful mm. kind of demeanour last week. Totally. He's kind of weird and standoffish with her um and when she kind of tries to to come in he's like no no it's not a good time um he's like you know we're rehearsing she's like oh, okay I'll, I'll just watch though but he just kind of fobs her off and doesn't let her in kind of blocks the doorway and is like look we have a lot of work to do and she's like work you're in a band which is a little bit dismissive because obviously oh. it does take work when you are in a band to get good that, my note say <laughs> work you're in a band says dickhead jessica <laughs> i knew you'd take that personally <laughs> and i do <laughs> <laughs> but but then AJ not all is also not totally innocent in this because he's a bit condescending when he's kind of like oh you know you wouldn't understand I'll explain it later and Jessica's like yeah much later and just stomps off because she mm. is mad at him now. Well, we cut to the Moon Beach where Shred is on the phone ordering quote two thousand pounds of your smelliest squid to be delivered to Musky Pete. <laughs> And when he hangs up and Winston comes up, he says, Captain, I've launched the first missile. (laughs) And Winston's (laughs) delighted until he learns a bit more about this order. Yeah, because uh, Shred reveals that it's a total bargain. It only costs $200. So obviously that gives Winston pause and he's like, wait, who's paying for this? (laughs) And Shred reveals he's charged it to the moon beach. So Winston gets kind of angry and he's like, no, 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 we're supposed to cost them money, not the other way around. And he gets kind of mad. And I don't know, I don't know why, but I really like it when he gets mad. <laughs> I find him very attractive when he gets mad and I am not willing to look any deeper into that. <laughs> he's very uh, forceful. <laughs> and I am not going to dwell on it. So... <laughs> Shred then decides he'd better cancel the shipment of billy goats he's ordered because those dudes cost a fortune. <laughs> Not unsurprising. Um, that, is this a tread to the child of a millionaire, Reginald Patman? I mean, I was going to say he could be footing the bill for this prank core, but that just doesn't seem to be an option right now. <laughs> well... We the we the camera sort of moves over to a booth where Enid in her what I think I thought before was a patent leather Baker Boy uh, green Baker Boy hat, but now I think it's like PVC. Ooh. It's very shiny. <laughs> um, and uh, she is there with Liz, who is wearing an excellent and very seventies via the nineties sort of mm. retro patterned top. Uh, I would definitely have worn this. And possibly did. And uh, they're surrounded by travel brochures because Enid has some quite a 
dramatic plans. She, yes, she's filling Liz on in on her plan uh, for a boat trip where apparently they were going to head out to sea uh, <laughs> and feed man-eating sharks. Apparently she told the organisers that they don't need the safety cage. Uh, so Liz isn't really fully listening. And when she kind of hears this, she's like, whoa, what are you talking about? Should we maybe start with something smaller, like maybe man-eating goldfish instead? Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, she rather she wants to finish high school in one piece. So she is not up for this uh, aquatic adventure. Mm-hmm. But uh, Enid really, you know, Enid accepts defeat on this. But she says there must be something wild they could do. Mm-hmm. And then the girls in the next booth get up and leave. And uh, their conversation makes Enid's eyes light up. Yes, because they're talking about their friend. I think Erin was the friend's name, yeah. uh, whose mother flipped and she was grounded for five weeks because she got a tattoo. So, of course, <gasps> the girls kind of head off. Uh, so we pan back then to Enid and Liz and they kind of look at each other and squeal all delighted because like, this is the new plan. It's going to be a tattoo. <laughs> oh, we got to the tattoo parlour. <laughs> and uh, Enid's trying to decide between a peace sign and a fish. Oh. Um, I love I love that those are her two options for <laughs> and the peace sign feels so Enid and the fish is just random enough to be Enid as well. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> well, Liz says, look, whatever hurts less and Enid suggests a butterfly. You know, that can't hurt too much. But then this sort of tough biker dude sitting next to them shows off his own butterfly tat and uh, tells quite the tale. Yeah, because when uh, I think is that Enid says, oh, you know, I bet they don't hurt, as in butterfly tattoos. Yeah. This dude chimes in and he's like, wanna bet. Uh, and when he shows off his tattoo, he says apparently it hurt more than the time he tried to jump Snake Canyon on his motorbike. He's like, did you know there's cactus at the bottom of that canyon? And he kind of shudders. <laughs> so the tattoo artist comes out like holding the tattoo gun and is like, all right, who's first? And it's brilliant because Enid and Liz both point to the guy that's sitting there and they're like, he is, but he also points at them at the same time. Like, yeah. this is kind of, nobody wants to go first. Now. It's great. I did love that moment. <laughs> I wasn't expecting it from the big dude, but it was very much appreciated. Yes. <laughs> A nice little closer. Yeah. Well, we cut to the moon beach and it's totally empty. Um, so Winston's in despair. And then the same guy who came in before to, to just cook his own burger <laughs> enters and um reveals that basically all potential customers are down the road at Mesquite Pete's because their new squid burger is a smash hit. Oh God, yeah. So there's lines around the block apparently queuing up for the new squid burger. So the plan has somewhat backfired. But this guy uh, takes a seat at the counter and he's like, well, too bad I'm allergic and immediately falls off the stool quite dramatically. So when Winston runs around to see if he's okay, it looks like the stool has actually been messed with and like Mm. spun in half or something. Yeah. Uh, And there's a note underneath it that says, uh, thanks for the squid. And it's signed, (gasps) Skeet Pete. That's all the bitch. Mosquito Pete! (laughs) (laughs) Well, we cut to the Castletel Wakefield where Jessica is angrily chopping celery and uh, Lila can't believe that she's putting up with AJ acting like this and says, it's so not you. And Jessica is fully aware of this and she doesn't know how to explain it, but she thinks AJ is different. And Lila tells her to snap out of it. She says, you're acting like a giddy teen with a crush. And as Jessica points out, she is a giddy teen with a crush. <laughs> so good. I, I really enjoy the back and forth between Lila and Jess. It's brilliant. <laughs> well, Lila gets a bit, I told you so. Mm. 
Yeah, she did point out in the last episode that musicians are trouble. So she repeats herself here. And, you know, it's probably a good point in general, I would say, because she did say back along, you know, all they care about is their music and mm-hmm. it's going to annoy you. But um, yeah, when she says, you know, that I told you musicians are, are no good, uh, Jessica's like, yeah, you also told me your hair is naturally red. So that's <laughs> Lila told. <laughs> and again, Shirley doing a great job because the door, there's a knock on the door and Jessica goes to answer it. And while she go, she heads to the... Um, to the door we see Lila take out a compact and really hilariously check her roots <laughs> <laughs> it's a very nice little comic moment it is <laughs> and uh, of course uh, who should be there on the doorstep but AJ well, there he is. And now he's suddenly all cheerful and smiles again. He says that the band are taking a break. And does she want to go do something with him? So Jessica, basically, in so many words, tells him to fuck off. Yeah, she says <laughs> she's not there for, you know, just whenever he's not busy. She's on his halftime entertainment. And um, she closes the door in his face, basically. And mm. Lila's impressed. She is. Yeah, Lila's like, well, you know, good for you. You stood up for yourself. <laughs> Jessica's like, yeah, I did. She's like, you put him in his place. She's like, yeah. And Lila goes, aren't you proud of yourself? And she's like, yeah. And then just kind of stops and she goes, no, it's different this time. And she's really worried now. She's like, Lila, what if he's the one? Because she really <gasps> is hung up on AJ. And for once we get it, because it's actually uh, someone who is charming and good looking as a love interest in a shock twist for this show. <laughs> I mean, the last time she was so smitten was Sam, the incredible wooden man. So... God, the little wooden boy like come on <laughs> the Pinocchio no, sweet it buddy not, it certainly was not happening but here it's like alright you know what I get it Jess <laughs> good for you <laughs> <laughs> well we cut to I guess later because it's sure. still the casa uh, again the, the times are all over the gap in this episode <laughs> absolutely <laughs> madness um, and Liz and Edith are admiring they're they're new tattoos. Uh, Liz has a very nice little moon tattoo. Ada does a kind of weird red smiley face. <laughs> yeah, it's very orangey red, like filled in smiley yeah. face. Again, smiley face feels very Enid. Mm. Uh, but yes, they're delighted with themselves and giggling. And they're saying, now this is on the edge. Uh, and then Enid is like, yeah, and we're going to a wild party later. But uh Liz is like, well, it didn't say wild on the flyer or whatever, but uh, apparently it's an invitation that they picked up at the tattoo parlor. So, of course, it's going to be wild. And Enid recaps what was written on it, which was apparently <laughs> downtown warehouse. Bring your own bail money. <laughs> it actually does sound quite wild. It does. <laughs> Well, Liz is nervous because she says like this this uh, warehouse um, is in a sketchy part of town, I guess near the Martin's house. Sure. It, it doesn't start till 11. Now, this is reminding me of the days in the 90s. And it was true, like gigs didn't, oh. doors didn't open to gigs, like big indie gigs in Dublin. Doors opened at 11 o'clock on, at night, which now yes. seems... That insane. is lunacy. <laughs> I'm tired thinking about it. <laughs> now I'm wondering if the reason that most people at those gigs were around my age wasn't because like the oldsters weren't into cool music, but because they were just like, I'm so tired. They I'm were not, wrecked. I'm not going to a gig with a headliner <laughs> is going to be on till half twelve. There you go. They had to work all fucking day. <laughs> <laughs> like when you're students, like you'd be drinking in someone's house until like 11 yeah. o'clock and be like, well, let's go out to the pub. It's like, yeah. now I'm like, what do you mean go to the pub at half 11? Are you absolutely joking? <laughs> That's bedtime. It certainly is. 
<laughs> well, um, she uh, she she sees Edith's face and she's like, well, of course, that's a perfect time for a party. <laughs> and Edith can't wait to show off her new badass tattoo until Liz points out it's rubbing off. Oh, they're just temporary little transfers. <laughs> Surprise. <laughs> then. This is genuinely <laughs> extremely funny scene. We cut to the moon beach and Winston wearing what I presume is the same military outfit mm. he had from that time they raided the slumber party. A hundred percent. It has to be. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and well, he is, and Shred, who is just wearing a rainbow tie-dyed t-shirt, um, are trying to get a giant inflatable waitress called Rosie through the door. Amazing. She's like this huge balloon lady. It's like she's like a kind of like a cartoon of a 50s diner waitress type yes. of thing. She's got like the horn rimmed glasses on, the whole shebang. So they're trying to squish this like fully inflated diner lady balloon through the door, uh, which has been stolen from Mesquite Pete as we learn while they're struggling with it. Shred is smushed up against the door and can't breathe. <laughs> so, so Winston has to like yank him out from between the balloon and the door uh, back into the moon beach. And Shred is like, whoa, that was hairy. My life flashed before my eyes. And then he cheers up and he's like, I've had a good life. <laughs> I loved that moment so much. He looks so happy. And it's actually so- like- Pleased, he's so love cute. you, Thread. I'm just <laughs> delighted you're like you do have a good life. He does and he just the way he delivers it is so funny and so <laughs> endearing. I'm just ah, oh, Team Shred. I love these guys. <laughs> I laughed out loud, yeah. and seriously, he's an inspiration. <laughs> so um, Winston says they can't leave the waitress here, and Shred's like, oh, "What's the problem?" and Winston, who's clearly at the end of his tether, is like, <laughs> our customers won't be able to get in if there's a giant inflatable waitress in the door. <laughs> oh no, it's so sexy when he's cross. <laughs> <laughs> I know, and, he, and you can't see his terrible haircut because he's wearing his little uh, beret. Yeah, it all so. looks <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He is looking quite attractive in this oh, scene. <laughs> Jail for both of us. <laughs> in fairness, I think he's older than me in real life. So he was a grown adult at this time. It's okay. <laughs> well, he then says, this is a job for Mantis Toboggan, MD. I mean, Winston Exit, <laughs> MD. And uh, he picks up a knife. <laughs> Shred is like a oh, brilliant surgeon to the stars. <laughs> oh, I thought he said balloon surgeon to the stars. Oh, that would make more sense. <laughs> I mean, still doesn't make a huge amount of sense. No, it really doesn't. But um, it's amazing. Winston wields his knife and like lunges for Rosie with like a cry of freedom. <laughs> Very brave heart of them. <laughs> He also says, this is for the moon beach. <laughs> so Rosie is promptly deflated. <laughs> but somehow Rosie is full of helium. <laughs> I was not expecting that. So when no. he then turns to shred and he goes, vengeance is mine, but it comes out all squeaky. <laughs> It did take me by surprise. And then Dredd goes, no one messes with. And then in chorus in their little squeaky voices, they go, oh, it's wonderful. 
then some, uh, this cow rootin' tootin' cowboy <laughs> comes in and Winston goes, <laughs> yes, Mesquite Pete is unimpressed. He is standing at the door. He looks down at Rosie and he's just like, hello, Egbert. Uh, and Winston does it like a comedy gulp. Uh, so he is in trouble. <laughs> well, we cut back to the Castletel Wakefield and Jessica wearing a frankly amazing, what looks like a, like a vintage 1930s nightdress. Mm. Um, not her usual big fluffy bed jacket uh, she's <laughs> fallen asleep reading Cosmo an actual real magazine and mm. uh, she's woken by none other than AJ throwing stones at the window of her boudoir oh yes a classic move uh, yeah. so yeah she comes down to the door and opens it and she's like what are you doing uh, are you crazy it's the middle of the night but AJ insists that they're going to a party so she's like okay so first of all you blow me off the moon moon beach and then act like you don't know me at the rehearsal earlier she's like and now you bring me flowers oh yeah because he holds up a little flower and smiles at her yeah. and she's like now you're bringing me flowers and everything is supposed to be okay like what the fuck basically um, so uh, yeah, so he was. He does apologize, and he says, "Look, it was just you came by at a bad time earlier." So Jessica's like, "Well, this is a bad time for me," which is fair because it seems like it's quite late. Yeah. Um, but uh, AJ then says, "Okay, look, we can compromise." And he says, "Look, I'll take. I get to take you to this party, and you get to stay mad at me." And my notes here are just like, "Fuck him anyway. He's so charming. He is so charming. There, <laughs> it's really true." <laughs> And then he says, the party's good way. <laughs> so Jess agrees to go. She's like, all right, fine. Look, I'll go get changed. But I am still mad at you. So she kind of stomps off into the kitchen. And then once she's actually inside and out of sight of AJ, she is delighted and lets out like a really happy little squeal. <laughs> yeah, just a little dance of happiness. Yeah. <laughs> well, meanwhile, in Liz's room, she has fallen asleep in an amazing outfit. Oh, oh my God. God. I didn't think she had it in her. I mean, this uh, was so unexpected. Uh, I, yeah, it. I, I, I don't know. Have a go. <laughs> well, it's a very, again, and it's very authentic. I would have worn this outfit if I'd found this fucking amazing dress uh, <laughs> and the boots. Um, so she's, it's very much the 90s version mm. Of the 60s and 70s, oh, yeah. um, which is a very specific thing. And you know it when you see it. And this <laughs> is it. So she's got her her uh, hair. Part of her hair is fastened up into little ponytails with like hair bobbles. Mm. Um, she's wearing blue eyeshadow and sort of pale pink lipstick. Um, and she is wearing this amazing baby blue shift dress sleeve the shift dress with a cut out panel cut with clear pvc like mm. a little window yeah in the middle and white go-go boots oh it is incredible God. it's amazing like the, the she's got like a chunky bead necklace that kind of matches oh, the, the bubbles pastel white and pink oh, white and pink like it's such a fucking great outfit it is very it's it's Judy Jetson in the 90s kind of the dress oh. as well. Like, it's such a brilliant look. I loved it. I would uh, have, if I had found all these things <laughs> in the mid 90s, I would 100% have worn everything in this. Oh my God, it's so good. So yeah, so she is woken by the sound of uh, stones being thrown at her window. So when she comes downstairs, she finds Enid uh, at the door and points out that she had left the back door open for Enid to come and get her, but apparently Enid reckons unlocked doors are too easy and she wanted a challenge because <laughs> there is no stopping her now. <laughs> well, Enid, or sorry, Liz is like all jittery. And she's like, if my parents find out, I mean, come on, Liz, what are they going to do? Actually show up? Like, <laughs> 
Your parents are not going to do anything. They are nowhere to be found. You have been abandoned. <laughs> By the way, Edith's outfit is, is frankly unhinged. I I don't <laughs> even know how to describe it. Like we're just Go to, on. I, go on. I genuinely don't know. Like I'm just going to have to put up pictures of all these outfits because like she's got this huge hat on as well, which doesn't really yeah. go no. with what she's wearing. Not at all. It's patchwork. Velvet it patchwork. It is, isn't it? Oh, it's <laughs> baffling. <laughs> <laughs> and her hair is festooned with bobbles it is and I was guilty of that now too in the 90s like I used to put my hair into loads of little plaits and have like different colour clippy bead things that I could snap oh. into the, the end it was it was a look yeah and it was yeah yeah when I used to walk around then to class uh, the lads the like much older boys in sixth year used to sing I want to be a hippie and I want to get stoned at me uh, do you know what <laughs> I don't <laughs> I think that if you have not had some idiotic youths say something <laughs> about your clothes when you were a teenager, you were not fashion forward. I think there it is a go. badge of honour <laughs> to be mocked by these ignoramuses. Unfortunately, it was actually like the day we were all getting our photos taken for like a like a first year book or something at the end. Like it was actually, yeah, I was in first year because it was that was the fucking photo. Oh God, oh. it was a photo <laughs> of everyone like split up by each class and their little black and white picture. And mine was me and all my tiny plots. <gasps> and I looked fucking insane. <laughs> um, I'm, I mean, is there any chance that photo could be shared oh, on our God. social media? Because I think it, we I all like want to see it now. I feel like it's buried in a filing cabinet in my mom and dad's house. So <laughs> next time I'm down home, I will see if I can dig it out. <laughs> Please, please do. Did you wear this look with, as Enid is wearing, a, like, what could be an okay dress? It's like another little sort of A-line dress with mm. short sleeves. But it's, the print is kind of like faux patchwork. Like it is, it looks like it's, it's a, it's just the print of the dress is like a pretend patchwork design. Mm. Oh yeah. It's, and it's all the colours as well. It's like she's... many colours. They don't really go together and they kind of clash with the hat. They do. I don't know what's going on with the hat. I feel like she could possibly made it work apart from the hat. But Enid loves a hat. So, I mean, yeah. that rings true to her too. <laughs> She's also, as we find out later, wearing it over trousers. <laughs> she is layered up and ready to go. <laughs> at all times. <laughs> well, they head off. We cut back to the moon beach. And what is pretty much the harmonica theme from the Sergio Leone film Once Upon a Time in the in the West plays. It's like, wah, wah, wah. oh my god. Yes, we've gone full spaghetti western now that Mesquite Pete is here with his henchman who is also wearing like a cowboy hat and western shirt. So, yeah. so there's a bit, guess, of a bit of a standoff going on in the doorway of the Moon Beach. He's the Henry Fonda and Winston is I can't remember who it was, Ernest Borgnine, Charles Bronson. Anyway. Um, he goes, look what you've done to my gal. <laughs> Shred pipes up then. He's like, oh, she's just a balloon. <laughs> and this Winston is the wrong thing. Dig. Yeah. <laughs> and Mesquite Peace is like, this has gone too far. <laughs> and Winston, this is really funny as well. He's like, I didn't mean to kill her. It was an accident. And then he sort of looks at his hand and he's still holding the knife. <laughs> Yeah, and Mesquite Pete is is not happy about this at all. And he's like, accident. And Winston's <laughs> like, don't hurt me, please. <laughs> oh, I'm so glad to get, um, to, for Winston to be getting these like 
like a proper storyline. I feel like it's been a while since yeah, he's got to he's shine just, like this. He's, he's just been like orbiting around Todd, giving him free burgers yeah. for the last while. So it's nice to get to see him do his own thing and be hilarious. <laughs> well, he gets a pleasant surprise too, because um, he thinks that, you know, I don't know, Mosquito Peach is going to like stick that knife in him, I guess. <laughs> then Peach says, there has been enough unrest between these two burger, two burger joints. I'm calling a truce. Yeah, good, because you're a grown adult and he's <laughs> a high school student trying to run a restaurant and you're attacking him needlessly and, you know, denting his profits when he's trying to run a business while being in school. Yeah. Uh, leave that boy alone. <laughs> but yes, as a, an act of good faith, Mesquite Pete is very kindly returning the payphone that they fucking stole in the first place. Uh, so the the guys, uh, oh yeah, he tells his boys to get Rosie patched up. He can't bear to see her like this. <laughs> so he pulls Winston in for a very aggressive hug. Uh, and uh, Winston is kind of like, getting kind of like thrown around a little bit. But uh, but apparently it's all good now between him and Pete. And uh, Shred is loving the scene and sheds a little <laughs> tear and thinks to himself, forgiveness rules. <laughs> oh. Shred, you are a delight. I am so sad we don't have that many episodes left with oh, you. I know, he's great. We'll be so missed. Hmm? Well, because you, I guess, is it the car park near the warehouse? Who the fuck knows? And then, Enid, I'm pretty sure this is racist, but I don't know what it is. It says, oh, no. <laughs> I, can anybody explain this? I, well, I meant I meant to look it up before we started recording and I just forgot. But yeah, so Enid yells Chinese fire drill, which yeah. looks like it means you get out of the car and all swap seats while the engine is still running. Or is it like something you do if you're in traffic? Is this like a... They run a, around the car. Yeah, but do they swap seats? Is that the thing that Enid's meant to hop into the driver's seat? Or is it just that you run around and get back in? I don't know what it is. But yeah, it's it feels traffic. racist and I don't know why. Yes. <laughs> While they're running around confusing us, the car, the handbrake isn't on and the car just rolls off actually into traffic. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, because Liz looks at Enid because I think Enid was closest to it. She's like, you're letting it roll away. What are you doing? But Enid says it's more fun this way because now we have to run after it. And then you hear like car horns and like tires screeching. So it sounds like they've just caused a traffic accident. Yes. What larks? Oh, boy. (laughs) Well, we cut to the party where Jessica is wearing I mean there are so many insane outfits can you describe this oh one? my god well again it's it's her kind of it's what's becoming her now like a classic silhouette which is like a <laughs> pair of extremely tight flares and like a teeny tiny halter neck that's like tied with a shoelace at the back <laughs> it's but basically the print, a bikini it's, top it basically is but like so the, the the top and the pants are matching uh pattern <laughs> so it's like a white it's white but there's these tiny little Colory pictures. It's like a nearly little postcards or something. It's kind yeah, of yeah, or stick like or stamps or something. It's yeah. kind of that kind of a feeling too. Is where it's like all these little square kind of little scenes or something are like all the way across, all the way down. It's quite it's a, a look. I mean, she looks fucking sensational because it's Brittany Daniels, so of course. But like, it's very difficult to explain <laughs> how strange this outfit is. I think we'll need to have an Instagram gallery of ensembles. So. This is going to be a carousel of outfits because yeah. <laughs> I just, I don't think we're doing them justice at all here. We're doing our best, but like, fucking hell. <laughs> they have to be seen to be believed, especially mm. as this one is topped off with a woolly beanie with a, like a daisy age kind of like cartoon daisy on the front. Yeah. 
I was I was surprised by the uh, the beanie hat. That was that was unexpected from Jessica. <laughs> it really was. But I guess this is AJ's look, and she's she's uh, mirroring him somewhat with, with her little hat, I suppose. But it doesn't really go with the outfit. <laughs> well, the rest of this party, it genuinely does look weirdly authentically <laughs> 90s, apart from the fact so many people are wearing hats. Now, maybe in California, hats were cool. They were not here. So <laughs> all these sort of like comedy hats would uh, would would not have uh, gone down well over here. But there's a lot of people wearing like convincingly kind of retro clothes of the source that were worn in the 90s. Mm. And, yeah, like, there's, there's definitely a girl with a huge pink fluffy hat kind of. Yes, there's a few or a weirdly large amount of hats, but then you see somebody wearing like a little like 60s A-line dress and there's, mm. you know, neon things and it kind of does look weirdly authentic. Like there's yeah. a girl dressed as a fairy throwing oh, glitter yeah. out of a basket. Like I feel like I was at clubs <laughs> that looked like this in 1995. <laughs> that feels like, yeah, a club in the 90s. Not that I was clubbing in the 90s as a underage drinker <laughs> not in the mid 90s anyway yeah. <laughs> I was definitely too young at that stage but yeah that whole kind of yeah kind of rave house kind of thing had yeah. had subdued massively I think by the time I actually yeah. was underage <laughs> drinking so I didn't get to any of that stuff <laughs> well this is um it's kind of inexplicable what the general I mean apart from the the appearance is feels authentic the rest of it Jessica thinks there's a an performance art installation because she sees the guy putting an egg in a blender <laughs> and says and tells AJ, oh yes, you know, that egg represents love, but the blender is like all the bad stuff that happens. And but you know, you mix them all together and you create something beautiful. And she tells the guy who's doing it, like, oh, you know, your art is amazing, but uh he is not an artist. No, he's as he explains when he turns to her, he says, Lady, I'm a bartender, and then holds up the drink and says, Mango egg whip. And no, that sounds disgusting. It does. <laughs> what sort of a bar is this? Like, it's like, what sort of warehouse party is this? <laughs> a blender where people are making up mango egg whips. Mango egg drink. But also he's just standing at this one little like standalone table with nothing else on it, just a blender. It's a very strange setup. <laughs> I guess they really want their protein pack to sure. bring Sure. <laughs> I get it? Why not? <laughs> well, they wander through the party. Jessica's dazzled. And um, they sit down on the couch. And AJ reveals why he's been blowing her off. Yeah. So he explains that he's just under mad pressure with the band, apparently, because they only have one year to make it. So he reveals that his dad wants him to go into the family business. Uh, but AJ has managed to convince him to like give him a year to make this work. So Jessica asks what the business is. And uh, AJ reveals his extremely sweet family, family business. Oh, God. It's Morgan's Chowder Cafe. or more. It's a chowder joint, basically. Morgan's Chowder House. Because, of course, it is. <laughs> and of all the things that they've pulled through from the book universe into the TV show, wow, oh, has the seafood <laughs> obsession made <laughs> It didn't make sense in the books, makes no fucking sense in the TV show. But there you go. So yeah, it is it is apparently a well-known chowder establishment because Jessica knows it right away. And she's like, oh, that place where they dress up like pirates and sing the daily special. So she's like, wow, you really are under a lot of pressure. But like, <laughs> fuck me. 
<laughs> Shave their eyes. Get out. <laughs> Well, uh, Jessica obviously understands he needs to be saved from this <laughs> terrible fate. And um, he uh, he says, look, you know, this is why I have to focus on my music. And I'm much like, you know, I'd much prefer to focus on you. But mm. like, I, you know, I don't think it's fair to you to make you sort of be second best to my rockin' dreams. Um, but, um, you know, she deserves better. Does she? I don't know. But... <laughs> Then somebody goes, AJ, you know, come play guitar. And he's reluctant to leave her, but she urges him to take to the stage. There you go. Yeah, because again, don't know what the vibe of this party is. It's like it's meant to be a kind of a, like the cool art kind of yeah. kids or something in Sweet Valley. Um, So it's this is why it's so unlike any party that Jess has been to before. But like, yeah, so he's he's been called up to, I guess, the stage. I don't know. I didn't even realize there was a band playing yeah. at all in the first place. But look, they need a guitarist. AJ has been called up, so it is time to perform. <laughs> well, we cut to Liz and Edith. I guess the car rolled so far away that they have to drive back. I don't know what's going on here at all. They're back in the Jeep, though, and it doesn't look like it's banged up. So maybe it wasn't too terrible a traffic yeah. incident that they caused in the end. Maybe the cars just hit each other and not the mm. Jeep. But, <laughs> Insanely, two goons, two overacting goons, pull up next to the Jeep in a convertible. And Edith is just looking for a fight and glares at them and goes, Don't mess with me, man. <laughs> yeah, so the guy driving the car is like really aggressively revving oh. the car and oh, uh, and he yells across at them, Why don't you two Twinkies go back to your little house on the prairie? But like he delivers it really weirdly in the oh, same <laughs> stilted, delayed kind of way. And like, it's just, they're so hammy, but I, you know what? God bless them. I love that they did their best. <laughs> I love when the extra, I mean, this is an extra who gets a line and you know, they were making the most equity. of it. Yeah. Well, no, he isn't because remember, <laughs> it's not the union set. set. <gasps> oh, oh. Everybody was getting screwed left, right and centre, I'd say on that set. Oh, no. Well, so, but yes, the acting of that goon is amazing. Mm. Um, and Edith is like, oh, this road ain't big enough for the both of us. And it's like, let's race. Or are you chicken? And oh the goon God. is like, eat my dirt. <laughs> they race off. And Edith's like, come on, Liz, let's go. Liz is like, what is happening to you? Absolutely <laughs> not. I just love Enid absolutely spoiling for a fight and the little yeah. size of her. She's so funny. <laughs> 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 she is she's off the leash she like, there's no holding her back <laughs> well we cut back to the bougie where AJ has finished his set I don't know and <laughs> really confusing me about the vibe of this party someone starts playing some smooth jazz well would it be a sweet valley party without the smooth jazz <laughs> <laughs> it would not <laughs> It did remind me that a few weeks ago, a friend of mine threw a party where she invited a lot of her friends who are in bands or used to be in bands to come around and like actually, play, you know, set it up so people could play music. Okay. And at one stage, and it was really good fun. And at one stage, we were all, you know, late in the night, mm-hmm. a weed vape had emerged. <laughs> These things happen. <laughs> we're all playing Careless Whisper. Oh. And suddenly, when it came to the saxophone part, where I think we all thought we'd be sort of going, <laughs> 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 Her friend Steve appeared in the out of the shadows in the doorway. Stop it. With a saxophone. Oh my God. 
played it perfectly. Holy and shit. Then went backwards into the shadows. No. <laughs> it was amazing. That is incredible. Oh my God. That is like the perfect party. <laughs> Actually, I think it's one of the best things I've ever experienced at a party. And he is a professional jazz musician. So he did it well. Holy shit. That is so good. Oh my God. I would have been screaming. Oh. <laughs> I was screaming. What do you mean? Is there any other reaction? Holy fuck, that's incredible. I'm so impressed. I'm I'm not opposed to some smooth sax stylings at a party, but I am very surprised that it comes in here because it's like, it doesn't seem like the sort of party that's got a slow set. Mm, Yeah, true. Teenagers. (laughs) Well, Jessica tells AJ he can't waste his life making chowder. Yeah, agreed. <laughs> Life's too short to be elbows deep in chowder. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, she asks him to dance. And as uh, as he, they, I was going to say they head to the dance floor, but there isn't really one. Um, they just sort of start swaying. Mm-hmm. He's she. He says he's surprised she's still here now. He knows his situation. She knows his situation. She's like, I'm not going anywhere. And as the glitter fairy spray some glitter at them they kiss and she oh. goes then she pulls away and goes besides you you drove us here <laughs> I did like that it was cute <laughs> and then he says do you want to go for a walk and come on anybody who's ever been yeah. a teenager knows what <laughs> do you want to go for a walk means <laughs> it's not walking nope <laughs> something else <ing. laughs> though there is sometimes a moment where you're like oh shit do they really just want to go for a walk but, uh, <laughs> never it was never just a walk <laughs> subterfuge all of it <laughs> and then just to say go out Enid and Liz enter and they are so hilariously and cutely impressed. Oh my God, they are so giddy. It is so cute. They walk in and Liz is just like, oh my God, I've never seen anything like this because again, this is like the cool arty kind of set. And uh, yeah, Ina's like, yeah, me either. Then she reveals that apparently the place looks a bit like her Aunt Fanny's apartment before they put her away. (laughs) But then she throws on her tiny little shades and she goes, let's party. And Liz does this really like dorky little dance and it's so cute. I'm so excited to be there and it's lovely. (laughs) I love it. They just sort of like grow groove really <laughs> awkwardly in just looking so excited to be there and then somebody had some giant like bubble blowers mm-hmm. um which also seems quite 90s party oh, yeah. um and just as they're getting ready you know they're waving them around sending bubbles flying the fucking cops turn up oh boo yeah because even there's you know the little fairy has just danced past with her little basket of glitter and Enid's so excited she's like oh my god a fairy this is even better than Disneyland so then of course the cops come to fucking wreck the buzz um yeah so they're here to break it up because there's been a noise complaint from the neighbours <gasps> so they're here to shut it down so Enid now that she's absolutely raring to go hops up on a table and starts yelling we can't let them do this we've got to fight for our right to party <laughs> <laughs> no sleep till Brooklyn Enid <laughs> You tell him. <laughs> well, the fairy throws some glitter in the air and the cop is like, if you that gets on my uniform, I'm running you downtown. Yeah. Um, and Enid, as only a, a middle class white girl can be, <laughs> is like basically picking fights with the cops while everybody is like, shut up. Oh, stop. 
Yeah. So she's like, oh, you're picking on an innocent fairy. What's next? And he's like, oh, are you looking for trouble? And she's like, double trouble. And like lifts up Liz's hand and Liz is like, what are you doing? Please stop. But, uh, <laughs> Liz's like, face know. is amazing. She's so just funny. like, what yeah, is happening? She is horrified. But Enid is just like not hearing it. She's like, no, you're not breaking up this party without a fight. So the cop turns to his like other cop friend and is like, cuff him. So Liz is like, oh, God, OK, wait, look, we are two nice, responsible girls. I'm on the honor roll. She's on the soccer team. Uh, Ina's like, what are you doing, Liz? <laughs> She's just loving all of this. But um, yeah, the cop agrees to let them off with a warning. Um, yeah. So they're actually going to, if uh, yeah, on the condition that they just like go home right now and stay out of trouble, basically. Yeah. So he then, yeah, the fairy kind of wafts past again and like tosses some more glitter into the air and he arrests the fairy, which is so mean. Uh, and Enid again is about to get involved, but Liz like bodily drags her out of the room. So they get, they get away. They do. Well, they drive along and they're nearly home and Edith's on a high. She wants to shoot <laughs> bottle rockets off a local tower because <laughs> apparently the night is young. There's loads of adventure waiting for them. And Liz is like, I am exhausted. Um, <laughs> yes, that night was amazing, but we can't, you know, the whole point of adventures is that they're like few and far between. That's what makes mm. them exciting. And she finishes her little speech and looks around and Edith is falling asleep and snoring. Oh, she's all worn out. So yes. So everyone can just go home and go to bed. <laughs> well, back in the casa, uh, in the bed, in the bathroom between the girls' rooms, Liz is very weirdly brushing her hair while it's still up in the two little it's, ponytails. It's still in pigtails and she's just like brushing the pigtails. I was like, Liz, just take your hair down. It's fine. You can go to bed now. But like, yeah, she's she's brushing out the glitter. <laughs> well, um, Jessica drifts in and it's all like, oh, have you ever had one of those magical nights that you'll never forget? And Liz is sort of like, yeah, actually, I have. <laughs> and uh, Jessica says she went to an amazing party. It was so cool. AJ sang. It was amazing. You know, just, yeah. just incredible evening. She wishes that Liz could have been there, but it's like, it's not really your scene. And, this is, this is enjoying having her own little secret. <laughs> she is, yeah. Because then, yeah, Jessica's like, so, you know, did you beat Enid at Yahtzee again tonight? Uh, and Liz is like, no, not so much. She kind of turns and heads off to bed. And then Jessica notices, like, there's still loads of glitter in uh, in Liz's hair when she turns around. And she's like, is that glitter? And Liz just kind of turns to her and she's like, maybe. And just heads off to bed. So Jessica's kind of impressed. She's like, oh. Liz has been up to something interesting. <laughs> I loved that because especially as Liz is clearly enjoying like, yeah, ma- yeah. maybe maybe it is. And Jessica is sort of like, Phew. good yeah. for her, didn't think she had to dinner. She's proud of her. It's very sweet. It is. <laughs> Go and get covered in glitter. Why not? <laughs> so I thought that was going to be the end. But no, we cut to the moon beach and Winston is... Uh, Telling Enid and Liz all about how he confronted a knife-wielding mesquite beach. <laughs> um, but uh, he's so busy telling boasting to them that he doesn't notice two very familiar lads taking away the milkshake machine. No, oh, no. Once again, Shred very helpfully opens the door for them and lets them out. <laughs> Damn it, Shred. <laughs> and as they head off, we hear Winston say, that's what happens when you mess with Winston Egbert. Oh. <laughs> And that's the end of Lofty Ambitions. There we go. So yeah, the title definitely doesn't make sense to me still, nope. even after going through it in detail. I'm still lost. But look, it was a fun episode. <laughs> it was very, very fun. Um, I mean, I think I'd love it just for Enid and Liz grooving at that oh. warehouse rave. 
I know. And that little, I think that little clip is in the kind of the, the title credits it as is. well. And yeah. I, I was just, anytime I saw it, I was just like, what is this from? Because it's just so confusing. <laughs> and now we know the context. I mean, it makes, doesn't make that much more sense really in the context, but it was just nice to see the origin of it. <laughs> uh, uh, well, Pi Beta Alpha sisters, did you enjoy this episode as much as we did? Do let us know because of course we really, really, really appreciate you supporting the show and we always love hearing from you. And uh, yeah, you had to, some um, some thoughts on uh, on Instagram um, with the last episode. Pippi and Shirley discovered that actually the uh, prohibition of on Todd taking gifts is actually accurate. Yes, yeah, it surprised is. Me. It, there you go. It is a thing. So yeah, there is an amateur sport regulatory body in the States and it yeah prohibits gifts for amateur athletes, including high school students. Sanctions against the offending student, their team, their coaches are all possible. So, oh yeah, there's also many ways apparently to circumvent these rules, which can not only get you sanctioned and barred, but also in news reports, Googleable by randos from Canada. <laughs> <laughs> so great work there, Pippi and Shirley. Thank you for going detective. <laughs> she also had more ideas for a realistic Todd menu. Fool fries, douche ship soup, how she face pancakes, and neener head nachos. Wonderful. <laughs> um, but Tog Shan had some very interesting information about um about high school uh, pep rallies. Uh, she said, we did have pep rallies in high school and my daughter is now a high school cheerleader and they usually have them during the day in school. So presumably okay. not at night with a giant no. wall of fire. She <laughs> says, um, but they have one big one at the beginning of the school year. And then she said, delightfully, please don't think I raised a psychopath. She is more of an Ian and Cheryl mix than a Jessica. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good mix to be. <laughs> Um, she said new Ly- also said new Lila is fun and I feel more like book Lila but I do miss Bridget so much and oddly enough I miss two Bruce too I oh. hope they're off together causing hijinks in another universe <laughs> yeah like as much as I am enjoying like Shred and obviously Winston's great but like you do miss Bruce you need the kind of asshole character but in an enjoyable way not the way Todd has been for the last while just the kind of yeah. smug kind of but fun character is yeah. still a very important part of like Sweet Valley I feel like like Bruce is such a big character in the books it, it is a shame that they've just gotten rid of him altogether yeah it's mad and like you say like it's an archetype that actually works well in mm. an ensemble so it's a bit weird that they didn't just I guess recast him again if they weren't yeah. happy um Plucky insulin. speaking of casting, uh, appreciated the po- reference to Poker Face in our last episode and says, uh, had an idea for, um, well, for two ideas. She said, Charlie Kale could be working as a roadie again and she's there to find out who murdered Jessica's OREM cycle. <laughs> Get her there working for AJ. That was that. I'd like to see her at that rave. And you know, she is pretty much the right age. Like, Natasha Leon could have been in this show. Oh my God, yeah. Um, she also says, I know that she has a totally different vibe than the character in the book, but I think it would be awesome if Natasha Leon was Enid in the Wet Hot American Sweet Valley High <laughs> Dreamcast. Oh, we haven't talked about that for a while, but I'm That's still true. on for it. <laughs> she said she's got the curly hair and Natasha's sexy, smoky voice would be part of Enid's character left over from her wild past. Maybe ask Chloe Savigny as Dana Larson. Fuck, that is very compelling. Yes. <laughs> 
Oh my, yeah, no, I can't see anybody else but Chloe Sabini now as Dana. That works like 100%. And yeah, like Natasha Lyonne as Enid. Fuck, like that's brilliant. <laughs> oh my God. So who have we got? We've got Caitlin Olsen as the twins. <laughs> as the twins. Oh God. <laughs> Well, obviously, we know who's playing Nicholas Morrow. Look, it's Glenn Harrington all day long. <laughs> Let's not kid ourselves. <laughs> but seriously, keep your suggestions coming because we haven't discussed this in a while. And I uh, I always like hearing people's ideas because those two absolutely inspired. Oh that is genius. <laughs> Marnie McFly, VA, said, I'm pretty sure not even the most high school sports obsessed town in existence would just give a high school junior or senior, who knows what the hell they are now, they've been in high school for like, this is the third season, <laughs> a Mercedes Benz to drive. I mean, very true. That's, That's a very good point, yeah. <laughs> it seemed insane to me, but like, who knows in the... In Sweet Valley, where everybody does seem to take sports very, very, very seriously. <laughs> this is true. Yeah. Who, who knows what anybody's capable of in that town? <laughs> all bets are off. Really? <laughs> but um, all bets are not off when it comes to our listeners, because we very much uh, rely on you, our private alpha siblings. Thank you so much for supporting the show. Um, it is a labour of love, but mm. it's also uh, nice to get some money for it every month. So thank you very much. We uh, appreciate you so much. Yes, thank you for listening to us go a bit feral over Winston or me. Anyway. <laughs> I think we were both at it. I think so. <laughs> But yeah, we're so delighted that you're coming along for the ride with us on this uh, mad little sojourn into uh, TV Sweet Valley. Sure, it's great fun. And again, of course, we love hearing from you. We are on Twitter at SVH Podcast. Yeah, you can fire over an email to us at svhpodcast at gmail.com. And we are on Instagram at SVH Podcast, where if you want to watch the amazing montage from last week again, um, uh, Karen very kindly put it up on Instagram so you too can find yourself singing <laughs> to an annoying degree. Let's get shaken. It's, it's Saturday night. <laughs> that song was so catchy. I can't believe it. Oh my God. It was so stuck in my head like all weekend. Ridiculous. <laughs> well, if you want to stuck in your head, just head all over to SVH at Instagram. Um, and uh, we will see you in the main feed next week for part one of mm. Death Threat. Now, oh I have literally just finished reading this book. It is. It, it's, I mean, Fever Dream, Camp Classic. I just don't know where to categorize it. It is oh my God. It, truly... Like each, each book has been more ridiculous than the last <laughs> so far in this. We just What is happening with this miniseries? <laughs> don't even know <laughs> it's genuinely unhinged like i think every time i think well obviously margo is the maddest it's like yeah. oh shit werewolves okay no that's the maddest yeah. oh wait now we've got a weird sex offender but now there's also <laughs> a kidnapping and a double bluff and a Jesus. inheritance what is happening speaking uh, of the inheritance we find out the exact figure of the meal quick fortune oh. in the next episode and it's surprisingly small oh okay <laughs> Even the sticks are low. <laughs> they kind of are. Like, even with inflation. I mean, it's obviously a lot of money to you mm. or I, listener. Sure. I'm presuming none of you are millionaires. But, like, it's <laughs> really not that much money in the grand scheme of things when you think that this is meant to be, like, 
you know, the okay. frozen meal giants of California. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'll just say, you couldn't buy a three-bedroom house in Dublin for it now. Oh, here. Seriously? Yes! Oh, my God. Okay. Oh, God, God. <laughs> well, we will get into it next Well, you could, <laughs> but you'd have to do a lot of work to it. And it would probably be, like, miles out of town. Oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Seriously, like, houses in my former council estate mm. went for this much money. Okay. This so. is hilarious. Oh, my God. Okay. <laughs> so, brace yourselves for that, listeners. You have, I don't know if treat the right word for it, but... Um, <laughs> Something in store. <laughs> we'll find out together. <laughs> Well, we will when we get a death threat. By the way, title isn't even accurate either. No one gets a death oh. threat. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh wonderful. <laughs> um, but we will see you back at the clubhouse um, in two weeks' time. And now uh, this is a good title. Oh. When Winston has to make a commercial for the Moon Beach <gasps> and gets caught up in... Shakes, fries, and videotape. Oh fuck! That is a great title. Oh my it's god! A uh, oh. See you okay. then, everybody. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Bye. This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network, a hub for the creative and the curious. Shows are produced in association with Headstuff and the Podcast Studios Dublin. Find out more or become a member at headstuffpodcasts.com.